and welcome to Hacker Public Radio. I'll be your host for today, Deep Geek. Today is a very special show for me today because I'm joined today on the phone by Jonathan Bartlett. Jonathan is a web developer at New Media in Tulsa, Oklahoma, as well as being an adjunct instructor at Tulsa Community College. He is the author of Programming from the Ground Up, a guide to learning Linux assembly language, a book in use at Princeton University as a textbook, which aims at making good programmers better programmers by giving them a deeper appreciation for how the CPU works. He is also the author of numerous articles at IBM.com's Developer Works. Hi, John. How you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. I'm so glad you could join us today. Uh, John, in addition to uh, being a web developer and being an instructor, John is also a PS3 hacker, and I'm always interested in talking to people about exotic hardware, and so that's the, why... Hmm? The PS3 is pretty exotic. It's, uh, it's, it's got an architecture unlike any other I've seen. Well, um, John, you know, not, perhaps not all of our listeners are, you know, real CPU enthusiasts. Can you go? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the uh, differences in architecture between the Cell and the uh, more popular Wintel um, CPUs? Yeah, um, you know the the uh, as you said the the, the PlayStation Three has a, a processor on it called the Cell, which was developed jointly by uh, IBM and Sony. Uh-huh. And uh, historically, each uh, each chip uh, processor chip has one core on it. Uh-huh. So um, each CPU can only execute one stream of code at a time. You know, it can alternate quickly between streams, so it feels like it's doing multiple tasks at once. But really, each CPU was only doing one thing at a time. Uh-huh. Um, with multi-threading, um, there was some sharing where you could have some streams going simultaneously. Um, but finally, they started building what's called multi-core processors, where you actually have multiple independent... Um, processing units on each chip. Mm-hmm. Now, um, Intel does that um, by simply taking the same chip and replicating it multiple times. So it's basically the same architecture as if you had multiple independent chips but just all put together on the same piece of silicon. Um, in the cell, it's different. It's, it's a multi-core design, but the, the big difference is that the cell has one um, kind of supervisor core, which is basically just a, a, a stripped-down PowerPC chip, and then eight specialized cores uh, called synergistic processing units, or just SPUs. Uh-huh. And uh, they're, they're actually full cores, but they're different from a typical CPU core because they're specialized for uh, computational programming. Um, and uh, so if you think about, you know, you have the, the, the vector processing units like Alphavec and uh, MMX and those sorts of things that uh, you have on traditional processors. Well, this, um, these SPUs are, are kind of like those, except they've been extended to have a full range of instructions on them. So they're not just piggybacking off of a, a, a traditional CPU. They actually have the, the full instruction set. Uh-huh. So... Um, Anyway, the, the, these chips are, don't have all the capabilities of a full chip, but they're not as limited as just a straight vector processor. 
Um, and what that gives you is just really huge multimedia support. Um, because that, um, that's basically what we, we buy vector processors for. Um, MMX and Ultravec is for doing multimedia processing. And so, um, so these are uh, specialized for that. So the, the cell processor has uh, one primary core, and then it has eight SPUs attached. Um, and all of them, I believe they all run at uh, 3.4 gigahertz. So um, they're screaming fast. So um, is it both the PowerPC part, the stripped-down PowerPC part, and the SPUs are running at that high speed? Yes. Okay. So, I mean, so it sounds like what you're telling me, like if I bought a dual-core Intel, mm -hmm. you know, the Lynx kernel would recognize and be able to access those immediately, both those cores, right? right? But in this case, it won't. Right, that's correct, because, uh, you know, for, for like Linux, you have to have, uh, each core has to be able to uh, support share, uh, virtual memory and uh, support uh, preemptive multitasking and that sort of thing so it can switch processes correctly. Um, since these chips are specialized for multimedia, they don't have all that extra stuff on them. So, um, basically, um, they're, they're, they're owned by one process at a time, and you actually have to write specialized code for each of these cores to run on. You can't just take a, a standard out-of-the-box program and uh, compile it for, for these processing units. You actually have to write special code to take care of that. So, um, let me, you know, just an aside now, if um, I compare, say, a 3.4 gigahertz um, cell and a 3.4 gigahertz Pentium, are the programs, let's say I'm not a specialized C programmer, uh, mm -hmm. is my Linux background going to operate the same speed between those two processor types? You're probably going to get less speed out of the cell in that case, um, because... Why would that be? Well, the, uh, the, the, the power PC which ships on it is actually a... Uh, uh, it's actually a little bit stripped down, so it doesn't have all of the optimizations that are in a standard PowerPC chip. Uh -huh. um, but as I said, the, in order to uh, get the, the uh, eight uh, synergistic cores working, they have to have specialized code to run on those. Mm -hmm. um, so what, what you wind up with is if you don't have any programs that know how to use your uh, SPUs, then you wind up with just a, uh, a power PC that doesn't work as well as most of them. Oh, oh. That's interesting, you know, because a lot of hackers have, a, have an extensive knowledge of C. So, I mean, it sounds like they could still get some good mileage out of this. Yeah, especially if you want to do any sort of scientific programming. That's actually where, kind of where uh, uh, my, my, uh, my articles that, that I wrote for IBM kind of focus on is, uh, doing... Um, doing scientific processing on, on those specialized processors. You know, what I think of is, is I remember there was this hacker web page, and what the guy did was he made a lookup of all the hash values that passwords could possibly link to. Mm. Now, now, if somebody wanted to, like, write, generate a table like that really quickly, would he, like, load into the SPUs, you know, a bunch of seed numbers, and then channel them all together? and actually do, like, eight calculations at a time that way? Is that how it would yeah. work? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, you, yeah, you can, uh, 
um, it's, it's kind of interesting because you actually have to um, explicitly code all memory moves from and to main memory uh-huh. on the cell, which is unusual because usually you just access it directly. But yeah, I mean, basically, you, you, you load it in, um, load in the code into each of the eight processors and go through and, uh, and calculate um, all of your hashes simultaneously. Uh-huh. Hmm. That's, that's really amazing. So it'd be a fast, pro, a fast computer for a typical desktop user, but it would be even better for a more knowledgeable programmer. Yeah. To wrap that That's amazing. And, and, and also, um, it, it's possible that in the future, um, because the cell is such a different technology, there's not a whole lot of uh, uh, people developing for it um, at the beginning. Um, so it's possible as time goes on, um, we'll have more apps come out that are that have uh, specialized cell extensions. Yeah. Um, you're all, you're already seeing that with a bunch of the uh, at home type apps, um, like folding at home, and uh, uh, I believe Einstein at home is, is trying to work on a, a, a PlayStation a, a cell version and uh, um, a bunch of those kind of do-it-at-home scientific apps are working on cell extension. You know, I wonder if a, a more mainstream application such as a spreadsheet could take advantage of the, all those SPUs. You know, because that's a, that's a calculation-intensive application, right? You, you probably could if you, I mean, because um, mo I mean, most spreadsheets aren't really that calculation-intensive. Uh-huh. You know, you, you, you've got about, you know, 30, 100, maybe 1,000 calculations to do. Um, the cell really when you have, you know, a couple million. A couple million. Yeah, and which, which is why it's kind of specialized for graphics. In fact, kind of what I, what I kind of heard from the rumor mill, rumor mill is that the first design of the PlayStation 3 was actually going to have uh, two cell processors, and they were going to simply, um, rather than have a, have a graphics processor, they were just going to use a cell in its place. Uh-huh. Um, and the reason that they chunked that design was... Um, simply because uh, there's a whole stack of development work that goes along with making a, 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 a video card, a video port, um, mm -hmm. and, and making all the libraries that go with it. So, um, they, uh, so they just went ahead and went with the standard one, rather than trying to build it themselves. But, but multimedia processing is really what the, what the cell is built for. Uh-huh. That's fact, amazing. Yeah, one of the reasons for the architecture is because, uh, you know, Intel has, has eight core processors now, or is, is working on them in the lab. I don't, I don't think they're out yet. Um, but the, the difference is, is that those run really hot because each core is a full processor. Uh -huh. um, but the cell, um, since each core are these specialized multimedia units, mm -hmm. um, the cell actually runs really cool. So you don't have to have, like, gargantuan fan um, sitting on your uh, TV mm -hmm. or whatever sort of multimedia device so this would really like advantage like you know a media company or an animation company or yeah. per perhaps a company that needed to run Beowulf clusters like for weather forecasting or something yeah weather oh. forecasting would be would be great um, also um, animation rendering uh -huh. I think would be fantastic do, do you know, because I've seen um, pictures in Linux Journal of uh, 
of the render form used by the Shrek movies. Uh, do you know uh, of any uh, um, actual installations where people have replaced render forms with all cell processors? I, I, I'm not, and I think the reason is is because no one's actually done the development work to move a lot of these uh, 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 rendering platforms uh, to, to use the cell-specific extension. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I heard that Toshiba released a, uh, a prototype motherboard, but that no one ever came out with a, you know, a regular standardized consumer-level motherboard you know, centered around the cell. Um, is there a reason for that, and have there been uh, industrial, say, blade server-style motherboards made with the cell? Yeah, there's been a lot of blade servers made with the cell. Yeah. I think that uh, before the PlayStation 3 came out, uh, most of the people using the cell were on uh, some sort of IBM blades, or there's another company making blades that I, I forget the name right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so actually, both you know, besides the PS3, most cells right now are running on blades. Um, so this could really replace a person looking to change home computers. They could actually get this, get a PS3 and use it as a home computer. Yeah, yeah, you, you can use it um, as as a regular Linux box. Um, uh-huh. I, I actually did that for a while, um, although I, I have a really, really crappy TV, so it didn't, <laughs> didn't work out as well as it would for other people. But. Well, you know, I know I know it comes with a blue a Blu-ray, the PS3. Um, yeah. So I would assume you would need to get, you know, like a HD TV monitor. You want? Yeah. <laughs> But now, in your case, you don't. You know, yeah, I, I, I'm a cheap bastard, so you know. So much. I don't know. Yeah. So how do you connect to it then? Do you connect to it like just with the TV set, or do you tunnel into it yeah, somehow? No, I well, I, I, I connect direct to my TV set. You know, I, I think uh, um, Sony engineers would probably be crying in their beer if they uh, <laughs> if they saw the kind of setup I had for it. Um, yeah, and uh, if, if if I actually need, if I actually want to see a, a, a full desktop, I usually uh, run an external into it, because uh, that way... Yeah, I'm so you'd log in via KDM or something. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, you know, I'm, it's interesting, because I heard these, these game consoles are sold at a um, slight loss by the big companies who make them. You know, because they want to get them out and they expect to recoup money on licensing fees, like for the ga- individual games. So I'm wondering if, like, the, the actual hardware of the PS3 is actually worth more than what you have to buy it for. It probably is. And Sony did several things to try to uh, shave off some diamonds off of it. Uh-huh. Uh, for instance, the, the, the cells that come on the PS3, instead of having uh, eight uh, SPU cores, they actually have seven. Uh-huh. And the, the reason they did that is that, you know, when you go into manufacturing, um, some of your chips will be slightly defective, and some of them will be, you know, even more defective. Mm-hmm. And so what they did is they, they just, they they, uh, they basically said, we're, we're going to manufacture these, but we're going to, we're going to only throw out chips if they have two defective SPUs. Really? And keep them they're, they're going to keep them if they have one, and if they manage to get all eight, we'll just disable one of them. <laughs> you know, 
that's an, you know that's an amazing thing. I, I just that's just you know I just don't know how to respond to that. You know because I know I know that the, the, the uh, CPUs are actually made in mass and that there's a quality assurance and sometimes they know that some can operate at a certain speed others can't. Like I've read that Intel's they rate the speed of a batch somehow. Yeah. You know, but in this case, they're actually rating how many of the SPUs are fully functional. Exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it, 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 it's interesting what they what they do in engineering, but um, that's why I'm a software guy, not a hardware guy. So, uh, what kind of Linux do you prefer, John? Um, I uh, I'm generally just I usually stick with with Red Hat just because that's that's kind of what I grew up on. Uh huh. Now, um, I, I'm a Debian guy, and I, I did read that some people got Debian Linux up and working. Um, what are the different Linuxes that are known to work with the uh, PS3? Well, the main one that they got, uh, the, the first one that they got running on, on PS3 was uh, um, Yellow Dog. Uh-huh. And uh, they've been kind of the, uh, sta- the staple uh, PowerPC vendor for a long time. Um, but because Sony actually paid them to do all the all the porting leg work to get um, Yellow Dog up and running on on uh, the PS3, which I thought was kind of interesting, kind of showing Sony's commitment to to Linux on the PS3. Uh huh. Yeah, you know that is a lot of commitment from them. Um, um, has any non-Linux um, operating systems been made to work on this platform? Perhaps um, the yeah, I've heard NetBSD. NetBSD? Um, yeah, but I've never tried it myself. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I know that uh, Macintosh, um, Apple released, um, used to have a PowerPC computer before they switched to Intel's. But they've made no attempt? No. Um, in fact, that was one thing that uh, I, was, I was a bit disappointed at, because I thought that would... Uh, I thought that would would have been a, a great move for Apple, because they they're... Um, PCs are so heavily multimedia oriented. Yeah. Uh, that the cell would have been a natural fit going from uh, you know power PC to uh, the cell because it doesn't require any rewrite of any application code. Um, but they could have used uh, the the SPUs for doing a lot of their uh, um, time graphics processing. That would have been great. They probably missed the boat on this one. Um. Well, now, um, a lot of my listeners, a lot of our listeners at uh, Hacker Public Radio um, are heavily free software people. Um, and some of them have said that they've had problems with Sony because they do a lot of patenting and a lot of, you know, I don't know if closed source is the right word, but it's certainly closed architecture. Right. Um, how, does, how does this wash with you? Um... As far as as far as hardware goes, I, I you know I I don't I don't have much of an opinion on it one way or another. Um, I I'm a big free software fan myself. Uh, my book I released under the GNU free free documentation license. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh huh. And you know I I try at at the place I work um, we try to to uh, as 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 large parts of our of the software we develop as we can we try to open source. Um, but you know the 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 main thing that that my my main disagreement with Sony is uh, when they started uh, putting those rootkits 
on, um, I think they were putting root tips on CDs or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that was a that real was, debacle. Yeah, that, that went way too far. Yeah. Um, but as far as, you know, one of the things that people complain about is that they've, they've locked the, uh, uh, the graphics processor on the cell. Uh -huh. um, so that you can't use any of the, the graphics processor's 3D capabilities. Yeah, but I, I, I did, I did want to ask you about the graphics uh, processor, because I understand it's like a really, and correct me if I'm wrong, that is like a really advanced, um, I believe NVIDIA, but I'm not sure, and that some people have used used the actual video card for um, photography calculations. Do you know anything about that? I'm, I'm not familiar with any of that, um, although I wouldn't be surprised. There's actually a company called RapidMind, uh -huh. and they have this software development kit that I believe, um, I haven't looked at it as closely as I'd like, um, allows you to use um, a lot of these uh, you know, alternate execution environments, such as graphics cards, uh, uh, SPUs, and that sort of thing, fairly easily from within a, a C++ environment. Uh -huh. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if someone has used that in conjunction with something like RapidMind that makes it pretty easy to, uh, uh, to, to, write, to write stuff to work on specialized processors. <laughs> but uh, as far as on the, on, on, on the PlayStation 3 itself, Sony's locked that, that card down pretty hard, so um, you actually can't access it from Linux except through a frame buffer. So that must have been, if, if anything that people know about that must have done, used that technique. That must be very advanced. Well, I mean, before we wrap things up, John, um, is there anything I should have asked you? Um, I, think we, I think we covered most of the basics, um, especially for uh, uh, non-programmers. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, interesting stuff as well when you get into the actual individual uh, programming on it. Um, but anyone who's interested in that um, can also check out my uh, articles on, on IBM Developer Works. Uh huh. Um, the uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, the 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 way I got into it is is because I, I actually bought you know we were talking about Macs. I actually bought a Mac, um, and I was interested in uh, in uh, in learning to program it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but I I was disappointed because I got a, a laptop in there, 32 bit. I wanted to do the 64-bit stuff, mm -hmm. and uh, but I, I, someone told me that uh, the cell was a 64-bit PowerPC processor. And is it? And, um, and uh, it, it turns out they actually have a simulator available for the cell. So before it even came out, um, I was able to, to, to do some uh, practice programming on it uh, via a simulator that IBM has. They still produce it. Uh huh. And uh, it's, it's actually quite quite an interesting um, little thing because it actually can it it, it, it literally um, mimics the hardware exactly. Um, so like it, it, it mimics the actual uh, um, the cycles go through. So you can actually know how many cycles your program <laughs> is taking just by running it on the simulator. That sounds very intense, and it also makes me wonder if maybe if somebody actually set this up as a home computer if they could maybe uh, run a uh, virtualization environment and uh, be able to run their old favorite Windows apps in that way. That's very possible. Yes. Um, not, not entirely sure on all the details on that, but that's very possible. 
Well, look, John, I really want to thank you for coming on Hacker Public Radio because, you know, I do web searches on this topic and there just doesn't seem to be enough in interesting information out there. So I hope this, you know, really enlightens the listenership. Thank you again. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.